Hi, welcome back to Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. My name is Rene from Reply, and today we're going to talk about spatial networks. And for this, I'm honored to have a special expert guest today, Andy Fidel. Salut, Andy. How are you today? Hello, Rene. I'm doing great. How are you? Perfect. I'm also doing very well. Um, of course, I'm glad to speak with you, so I'm, of course, doing well. First of all, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background as it relates to you know, anything 3D, AR, VR, game, gaming, metaverse, what have you. Yeah, so I'm Andy Fidel. I'm a creative XR producer and an immersive experience designer. My passion really lies in creating social experiences for remote communities uh, using digital and immersive technologies. So that means I partner with Enterprise and I help them elevate the hybrid workspace to design virtual brand experiences. And I'm mostly known through my community building initiatives within the XR realm. Uh, in that, I also studied the impact of VR and AR on digital communications and exploring the future of human connection. So asking questions like, what does it mean to have a virtual identity? How do you build a virtual community? And in that, how do we create and share meaningful stories in immersive reality? Gotcha. Well, and uh, you're doing so much stuff. So let's let's actually start with uh, one question I always ask, like, what is the metaverse for you and where do you see the potential opportunities? But you're also a proponent of another term called spatial networking. And in that context, can you also explain what that is? So it's actually two questions in one here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I hope no one's going to hit me for, for my answer. But for me, the metaverse is essentially a synonym for what we call the, the in-world experience. So it represents the evolution and the future of social media and digital communications. So like instead of scrolling uh, through feeds or watching videos, we're actually now stepping into virtual world and engaging in a more immersive way, whether that be augmented or virtual. Uh, for me, the metaverse amplifies our sense of social presence. So it allows us to connect, to collaborate, to share experiences in ways that we haven't done before, right? Because we don't just observe the metaverse, but we move through it and we're experiencing it as if you were genuinely present. So I do see a lot of potential and, and opportunities in this space. And that's not just for entertainment, but it could be for education, business. Uh, my favorite one, obviously, is, is community. So again, fostering that deeper sense of human connection in this digital age. And uh, yeah, I am a huge believer and advocate for this concept of spatial networking uh, in spatial networks. And I introduced the term back in 2016 in the context of VR and AR. And it was because back then we weren't really using the word metaverse, right? We had XR, AR, VR. And a lot of times people would see social VR and kind of miss see and understand the concept. Like they would see it as like this location-based entertainment, like LBE or pure gaming. Or oftentimes people would say, you know, VR is socially isolating. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? That's all we do is to socialize with other people and communities. So the definition of spatial networks is essentially social platforms that are powered by immersive technology, allowing individuals to create, share content, form virtual community, or engage in spatial networking. And that terms, spatial networking then represents a form of digital communications. Again, that facilitates the creative process and sharing of 3D assets, interests, information, and diverse human expressions. 
So it really focuses on the social aspects of immersive reality. And in that, I'll keep it brief, um, I see two categories of spatial networks. You have the community-based networks. I call those like the public spaces. Those are the active, persistent, immersive hubs where users are consistently creating, exploring, you know, organizing events, like platforms like Rec Room and VRChat, where you can just get in there and you know there's going to be someone or something happening. And then you have the collaboration tools. So for me, those are the private spaces. So platforms designed to empower remote communities, mostly hybrid teams, and those only exist in the context of a planned event. So essentially, it's like a Zoom call, right? Like we're, this space here does not exist until you created it and we're here together. So in that category, you've got platforms like Mozilla Hubs, Glue, Verbella, and et cetera. Awesome. I like that distinction, actually. That's pretty cool. So we have these public spaces and like more the private spatial networking spaces. And uh, yeah, I mean, some of those are even like timed, right? You only have events, no, no persisted worlds. Um, same thing, for example, um, with with other platforms, um, the, the one you mentioned, of course, but also some others are doing the same thing. Some some allow both, right? Like you can... Some allow for both and some are expanding and, and showcasing both. So it's kind of hard sometimes to put them in one category and not the other. But the point is that the active one is 24-7 alive. It's there, right? Like a really good example, and it's gone, and it's in my heart forever, but it'd be the campfire of alt space is the perfect example of a public space in VR. Yeah. I, I fully agree. And yes, um, also also sad, sad still about this, but um, they had both, right? And it, it was working really well. Um, but yeah, now, I mean, time is moving forward. There's Mesh coming and so on, which is targeting more the kind of uh, private sector, right? Like the enterprise and so on. Uh, but I, I fully agree. Like also when you were saying like, okay, the whole metaverse and spatial networking is about communication. It's about, because we are social animals, right? We want to communicate with each other and it's exactly like you're saying, um, like oftentimes you encounter this kind of misconception that, oh, now people put on these headsets and then they're isolated and, oh, gosh, <laughs> this is terrible. But in fact, they're just joining another world with so many people and just on, I mean, you do it all, all day. I see it all the time on your LinkedIn feed. Uh, by the way, folks, you should follow her on, on your LinkedIn. Um, that's, that's some awesome stuff she's sharing there all the time. Uh, but anyhow, what I also see is um, quite a few. On, on Tuesday, I was um, at the event from the Global XR community, and it was in spatial, and it worked also really well. It was so good to see these, you know, my friends again and you know, talk and and having these social experiences. Of course, we could always set up a Zoom call or Teams or whatever. But this is like, again, you know, folks have to see it to believe it. You have to wear a VR headset once, and then you will immediately encounter that you feel much, much more connected. Although your friends and colleagues are represented as avatars, um, that doesn't matter so much anymore. You still feel still feel much more connected with them, and so that's that's also an, an interesting aspect, I think. And um, um, what is what is your thinking around those? Like you know, especially when you encounter these kind of social identities, right? And also with avatars, right? You can you can be anyone you like, right? You can be any gender you like. You can be any look and feel um you prefer and so it gives you also these kind of not just flexibility but opportunities to express yourself in very different ways and and so what what is um, when you encounter these um these virtual communities maybe you can also share a recent aha moment or something that stood out yeah and uh you know one of the things that people often say is that we're kind of like not ourselves and i think it's kind of naive to kind of 
try and categorize our, what our self is, myself is in one category, right? Like it's normal for us to be one way with our best friend, uh, with our friends, with our colleagues, with our family, with our siblings. Like we are so many different aspects of personality and identity. And so one of my philosophies is, is like social media shares information. It's quite curated actually, whether it's good or bad, I get to craft the story and spatial networks are shared experiences. So at the end of the day, it's not my media that's socializing with other people. It's really myself and showing up. So it's really important that we have this, like this real time communication. Yeah. Someone can be, like I say, you know, more extrovert or more introvert in VR, but really what they're expressing is just a different part of themselves or exploring a part that they weren't given permission to do so in the physical reality. So, you know, we have this unique canvas where we can be an extension of ourselves. We can create a new version of ourselves. We can uh, express ourselves again through our avatars. Uh, what color are we? Are we big? Are we small? Uh, a lot of times also we get these like cool like, like extension points, right? Like, do I have an ear that can be pulled out? Can I give a part of myself? Uh, we're also seeing custom emojis coming in. So like, how am I expressing uh, certain feelings through color and through visuals? Um, and then I would say like, you know, again, this permission of being ourselves, there's a certain level of safety, right? Um, but also exposure to other people. So we do engage in active listening and being present uh, with other people in VR that we might not have the opportunity to do so in the physical world. I do feel like in the physical world, we have a lot of rules that we have to obey to that we kind of do without thinking about it. Right. Um, in terms of an aha moment, um, I still love this story. And it's the one um, when I was working at campfire and I would ask people like, how are you? And usually in the physical space, you know, we're on a phone call. It's like, oh, I'm doing good. You know, how are you? It's like, I'll take the question. I'm going to bounce it out as fast as possible. Um, and I don't know why I think we just kind of like feel bad about having feelings anyways, but in VR, like it would be so deep and so long. It's like, if I'm doing great, I'm going to tell you all the reasons why. And also on the contrary, if I'm not doing well, I'm going to open up about, you know, a traumatic experience that I've had something that's bothered me. Um, I feel like people are more willing to be authentic and and to foster that deeper connection. It might be the aspect of anonymity, although I feel like, you know, I'm not anonymous. Even if I have an avatar and I have a username, that still builds a reputation within the community, right? Um, so in all honesty, yeah, in my adult life, I feel like the, the people that I've met in VR, I've gotten like a fast track uh, to a deeper relationship and connection than sometimes I do in the physical world. Again, because we have all these kind of invisible rules. Um, and then another thing too, I think is, is the opportunity to explore ourselves. Like you say, explore gender, explore passion points, and even the ability to have multiple avatars. Another aha moment was, um, I met someone that was incredibly shy when you met them in like a public space. And yet I realized one day they, you know, they told me they had this alter avatar, uh, that was performing, like improv and like open mic and like being completely, you know, extrovert. And again, it was because like they were afraid of how people would react. And so this gave them an opportunity to have like that blank slate. So yeah, a lot of things there. Um, that's actually a very good point. So like, you know, what, whatever the factors are, but I also noticed that like people can be more open and uh, you have a, a better, stronger uh, connection than compared to other forms of communication. And um, the, uh, 
the aspect of being more connected with your peers and you know meeting new people I think is very a crucial thing uh, which I, we cannot find anywhere else. I mean, of course, if you go to like in the real world to a party, whatever, that might be the case sometimes. But then you have this kind of, like you're saying, this kind of social aspect, especially with introvert people, right? Like you might not be outgoing so well, but if you'll be kind, you have a little, like the avatars in front of you, right? It's your, it's the kind of your, I don't know, the front line, if you will. I don't know if that is a good analogy, but um, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a, it's the the thing that can also filter a little bit, right? And, and, and bounce back and so on. Like, no, that's an, a super interesting aspect, actually. And there's also the, the, the part where you're able to create your own spaces. So let's say like, I'm not huge into parties in the physical world and, and, and clubs and everything, but I love hosting my own because I, you know, I get to pick my environment. I get to pick my music. Um, I think like hosting events is one of the greatest ways to build community. Like you might not see or find the community you're looking for, but it's so easy to build one. And in terms of accessibility, like I, I don't have this amazing place where I can, you know, like welcome 50 people, but in VR, like I have all the space and the, you know, the tools that I need. So there's also that. That's a good, good point. And yeah, you can be so creative. Um, there are some really, really amazing worlds. And again, in Outspace, there was so much amazing stuff, right? Like these worlds that are now gone, unfortunately, in the Nirvana. But I mean, we see it in other platforms popping up as well. And speaking about platforms, you explore so many different platforms. Like I said, you know, on your social feed, I see it all the time. Um, uh, you know, you recently, I, I don't know when it was like this week, last week, whatever. Um, you actually shared something about you attended an event in a, in a, in a spatial networking platform, in a VR platform that had a lot of people actually live, 100 or even more so. Um, but anyhow, what, what do you think is the hottest new entries into the market when it comes to platforms and which one should we keep an eye on or just general? Because you see so many of these platforms, right? What are your top picks, if you will? Yeah, uh, for me, it's always been about the mobile platforms. So as much as I love these experiences and platforms that have like this super high tech and all these things happening, uh, the reality is, you know, the more complex and heavy the world, the less people we can have. So you've got to balance. Do you want a lot of people or do you want a lot of interactives? And so one of the things I love about platforms is the cross-platform functionality. So platforms that allow people to come in, whether it's a headset, on a computer, on mobile as well, and tablet. Um, you know, as much as I love VR, with this weather, <laughs> I'm not wearing a headset. So I like that flexibility in terms of how do I feel today? How do I want to show up? But also platforms that allow you to, you know, even if I am in 2D, do I still have the body movement? Am I still allowed to participate and play? So right now, obviously, like one of my favorite platforms is Rec Room. I can show up in so many different ways. I can host events just using Wi-Fi, walking down, you know, with my mobile phone. Um, that being said, on the contrary, I do also love VR chat. Like I've seen some of the best immersive experiences, theater performances, and just like these interactive worlds that just like you know audio reactivity and uh and, and it, they're very they're grandiose i mean right now at this point you know they're, they're they're rolling out an alpha for mobile so we'll see how that one goes um and another platform that i found super promising right now is actually remio remio seems to be like this mix of alt space and rec room it is a mix of public and private spaces and um Again, also using the metaverse, um, metaverse, <laughs> the meta avatars. So again, giving an opportunity for people to create platforms, but use tools that other people and other platforms are building, right? Like sometimes if we're building all in our silos, 
um, that we're not advancing as fast as we could. So, you know, if you're really good at building platforms and templates and not so good at avatars, why not use someone else's tools? So nice, nice. Um, I haven't heard about this one. I got to check it out. I mean, yeah, check it out. Remio, uh, R E M I O. All right, going to check it out. And they're using the avatars that you can create with the meta platform, yeah. the meta quest and so on, and um, uh, workrooms and that kind of stuff. So it's the same avatar. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's see how that actually turns out. That's also an interesting aspect, I think, especially if we are talking about the your identity in these virtual worlds. It could totally make sense that in Rec Room, you want to be that person and you want to have that avatar. And then, and, you know, let's say um, VR chat, you want to be, I mean, they have so many different avatars, right? You want to be someone else. Uh, but also sometimes you have this challenge that, I mean, if you're doing social media, right, you have a profile picture these days. Um, we're not there yet with the Metaverse, so we have 2D profile pictures. And the recommendation is usually that you should use the same profile picture on all these platforms so that can, people can recognize you. Of course, there is, uh, sometimes you don't want to do this. That's, all, of course, also good. Uh, but anyhow, what I'm trying to say is um, technical, that's pretty much very hard at the moment. I mean, you have things like Ready Player Me, which are integrated into certain Metaverse platforms. And I like actually Ready Player Me quite a bit. Also, they have a lot of flexibility in terms of avatar creation. Uh, but also, do you see that also as a challenge in terms of adoption for the metaverse that we cannot just take the same avatar and, and share it across, across these different platforms? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Like the interoperability. Um, at the end of the day, I love having different platforms and, and profiles. I think it's a bit like social media, like the content and who I am and what I talk about. And LinkedIn is different from Twitter, which is different from Instagram and different from TikTok. And so, and I also don't want to see us having just one platform because uh, who is that platform going to be? I like the fact that we have all these different ecosystems. It's keeping a healthy competition between everyone, whether it's communities, but also businesses. Um, and at the end of the day, like if I put all my virtual avatars together, like there's things that reoccur, like I'm always somehow purple, um, you know, there are parts of me, my personality that shine through in each, but but yeah, no, like, for example, my rec room avatar, I don't want that in VR chat. On the contrary, in VR chat, I have like a bunch of them. Like I have this dinosaur and then I'm like this rabbit and this furry and I have this like transparent, like galaxy skin. Um, I also brought back my uh, my B-Bot avatar from from Old Space. I have it in VR chat as well. Okay. And then on the contrary, um, in rec room, like I, I enjoy being human um, and I enjoy also the clothing. There's a lot of options um so i think at the end of the day like i think it's fine that we're different um i just find there's a lot more negative aspects or potential if we had one space right like the metaverse with a capital m i'm more about like a multiverse with a capital m yeah. and then a bunch of tiny metaverses and virtual ecosystems yeah i i agree it's i think the diversity we have in terms of platform is a is a very good thing and um, some of those, just like you said, right, they serve different use cases, different audiences, uh, different purposes in the end. Um, what, what we, of course, still need is the interoperability. And that's one thing, like, you know, initiatives like the Metaverse Standards Forum are working towards so that we can seamlessly communicate across these different platforms. It's like right now we have all these different if you will, um, you might call it browsers if you want to make a comparison, right? But uh, we don't have this kind of interop layer between it. So you're really locked into some of these. Um, some, some again, you know, things like Eddie Play on Me and so allow you to take at least your avatar with you. Uh, but yeah, the, the big, the grand challenge of the Metaverse is the uh, interoperability. 
Um, is there any other challenge you foresee for the broader adoption? Because you also work a lot with enterprise customers and implement um, solutions and consult and you know recommend systems to them. Is there anything else what you say is is hindering adoption in the enterprise, but also in the consumer space beside uh, interoperability? Yeah, um, I think one of the major challenges that I see with enterprise and 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 the metaverse is like this race to dominate the industry. Um, I feel like many are trying to uniquely create this like ultimate metaverse and heavily focus on grabbing like media attention. Yeah, yeah. And this competitive mindset, like I feel like it overshadows like the actual potential uh, and opportunity of this technology. So on the enterprise side, there's also this like misconception that like to get started, it requires a massive budget. Like I've gotten people tell me we can't do this for under a million, and I'm like. <laughs> What am I going to do with a million dollars? Um, and so, you know, they're, they're really like, like taking time before they're getting in because they want to make this like perfect space. And, you know, at the end of the day, I tell people, you don't need millions to get started. That's far from being true. Um, and what I really want you to do is focus on developing like the spatial mindset, like, you know, get a chance to actually introduce the technology and the medium to your team um like the google says like the google quote you know like eat your own dog food like before you create an experience for a massive amount of people or your public community like try integrating the technology internally and that's a lot what we do with our brands is that before they set out you know to conquer the world um learn about it internally understand what it means to be in a spatial environment to connect with people spatially to to have this avatar to develop a virtual identity like understand the technology and the medium and the impact it can have within your own circle before going out another thing too it's like you don't need again the funds to build your own custom from scratch world, which yes, takes funds and it takes money and it takes time, but there are hundreds, if not at this point, thousands, and I'm going to dare say maybe millions at this point, different worlds out there. So you have templates, you have spaces that were made, they're beautiful. You know, a lot of times they are free to use or on the, you know, on the flip side, I'm like, that's a creator. You can reach out to them and actually just pay them like a, like a rental fee. Right. Yeah. A lot of times you don't need to start from scratch to get into the technology. And so once you build that mindset, once you understand, um, also picking a platform, a lot of times I see people wanting to go there uh, because it's popular today. But like, does it actually make sense for your brand? Does it make sense for your community? So again, stop chasing like, you know, the, the, the headlight uh, and the spotlight, but really try to integrate the technology in an authentic way in your company and in, you know, in your community, a lot of times you're seeing brands just pop up in a spatial network or a social VR platform and it doesn't make sense. Like, what's the point of it? Another one I see a lot of times is people creating what I call cardboard worlds. And that is, I'll give you an example to illustrate this. Like I have a cafe and there's no coffee. There's this huge machine for like espresso, but I can't use it. And so I'm really in just this pretty space. And the thing is that, you know, we're used to pretty things. We're used to amazingly pretty and beautiful things in life. It's really about the functionality and the interactive. Yeah. So making sure that people can role play, uh, people can use the space and inhabit the space in, in a genuine and an immersive way. So get started. Just, just do it. You can start today and now. Um, and, and create something with, with genuine storytelling and experience. Cause it's, it's, you know, again, we're not just going to show up in this beautiful space and have nothing to do. It's going to be awkward. Yeah. And that's, that's some great, uh, final words here is especially when you're saying 
And we're always chasing for the, the bright, shiny thing. But if it doesn't have any value, it's worthless. And so that's that's also what we have seen with the big Metaverse hype, like last year or the year before. Is like a lot of companies jumped in, created something fancy in whatever platform, and then it it was kind of desolate, right? There's no one there anymore, and that's kind of sad. But there's the even you know other platforms which might not have the the, the super super high and visual fidelity, they have millions of users, and this is where the party is ongoing, and so that's that's very important. Anyhow, we're already at the end of the show. We're already at the end of the show. Uh, thank you so much, Andy, for joining us today. Uh, and sharing your insights, that is very much appreciated. If you want to say some final words, now is the time. Awesome. Well, thank you, Renee. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, anytime someone wants to talk about social VR, spatial networks, um, I host weekly events. Uh, I'm also available on all the social media platforms. Please don't be shy. Reach out, say hi. Um, and I'm open to conversing with anyone out there who is, you know, I think it's like a group mission, right? Like that's where like the advocacy comes from and raising awareness. Like this is the beginning of a new medium. And what's really cool about it is that we all get to like push it forward. Right. And that's one of the, like the fun and the fantastic things about this space. Awesome. Well, thank you so much also everyone for joining us today for Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. Uh, watch our blog, follow our social media channels to hear all about the next episodes. And of course, on your favorite podcast platform, subscribe to Reply Podcast. But of course, also on the website, you can watch the video podcast and also all the previous episodes anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and everyone, take care and see you soon. Bye-bye.